And welcome to another episode of A Bit Spursy. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we are back after another Tottenham Hotspur win. Top of the table um, and following from the end of the uh, transfer window. So it's been pretty busy. Yeah, there's been a lot of things happening. Um, we had, So we had the conference, conference League win um, mm-hmm. and then the win against Watford and then some wins in the marketplace. Yeah. Can we say that? Some wins in the marketplace? Yeah, let's definitely say that. I'm also following from last week. I'm glad in that little summary I did that I forgot about the Europa League. (laughs) I'm sorry, the the Conference League completely. Um, That's very fitting. But, yeah, I think wins in the marketplace. Do we want to go game first or signings first? What what takes your fancy? Maybe games. Maybe games. Because otherwise, to be be completely honest, um, like it's – we're in Australia. And throughout mm. transfer deadline day, that happens mostly into our evenings and late, late into our nights. Yes. So I'm feeling so tired today <laughs> from trying to like <laughs> follow um, as much of that last night as I could. So I'll yeah. probably forget about all the games if we don't go into it sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, I think maybe like the conference conference league first, like because last episode we didn't really talk about the first leg of this game at all because neither of us bothered to watch it. Yeah, um, exactly. We didn't even know when the second leg was on. <laughs> uh, but we both watched this game. Yeah. Yep, we did. We both watched it. And, um, you sound I so excited already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, it was good to see, I think, Kane back starting. And he definitely had a different energy about him in this game than he did... Um, previously against Wolves, and I, f- I really feel that, like, yeah, it was like this happened after it was confirmed that he was staying and he wasn't going to be going anywhere. And, yeah, he just seemed to have a bit more personality on the pitch again and when he was interacting with everyone else. Um, so it was just good to see him back, yeah, back in amongst it. Yeah, yep, totally. I was ready for him to, uh, in this game, like kind of look like he was sulking or or, or something. Um, but thankfully, due to the quality of the opposition and uh, his need to score goals, um, that wasn't the case. Um, and it was really good to see him score two goals, despite the fact that every time after the goal, when it would zoom in on his, uh, his face, my first thought was snake, traitor, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Brutus, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was. I mean, the, it was kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to take anything from from that game, given the quality of the opposition. Having said that, they did beat us in the first leg anyway, so so maybe there is something to be said. But um, I thought sort of the headline and and most impressive uh, part of the game was just watching. Uh, our friend Brian Hill. Ah, king of the hill. Look at him go. Yeah. Um, this was the first time I'd really seen him at all. Like I didn't watch too many YouTube highlights when we, even when we signed him because I've kind of also felt over the years that like YouTube highlights can be so misleading and also like you might get to see some skills of a player but at the same time they're playing in a different team, they're playing in a different system, playing against different opposition, all that sort of stuff. 
like it's kind of nice to I think watch a player just you know play for us and that's the first time you're seeing them because uh, you kind yeah. of get to like learn how they play as you're watching. You're not expecting them to already do these things that you've seen videos of. Um, you know, highlight packages in the past. We're like, well, who's going to beat five players and score 17 goals this game? Um, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of nice yeah. to just see him um, going kind of a bit blind on him and, you know, be very, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought, you know, we've made uh, winger signings in the past, especially under Pochettino. We had Nkudu and Clinton and Jai, and uh, they <laughs> both had very impressive highlight reels on YouTube. Um, and I like you, I hadn't watched, um, any of Brian's. So I was really surprised. And I felt like he did more in this game than either of those two did the whole time they were at Spurs. And he, you can see that he's, you know, like an unpolished gem kind of thing where, um, there are certain aspects to his game that aren't fully developed yet. But if this is the base, that's pretty cool. Cause he was pretty good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you see those arguments pop up where people going like, well, who was the opposition? And, oh, he's a bit rough around the edges. And it's like, yeah, cool. Like, let's just enjoy the performance. Like, he's a young young guy, like very young. Um, mm. And for first, you know, first real game in, it's like that was great. Like, to see him link up with um, with Kane, like I thought they had really nice chemistry there. Um, yeah. And there were really a lot of nice little one-twos and some moves. And obviously Brian got the assist for Kane as well. Um mm. I just thought it was really good. Like he seems to be a really like, you know, direct, proactive player, um, loves to get the ball and just really get things happening, um, yeah. which is kind of, I don't want to compare it too much because they're different players, obviously, but I feel it's like I kind of wish Lo Celso would be a bit more like that mm. at times, at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like I feel like Lo Celso just having that, I don't know, just a little bit more. It's not quite aggression, but I think it's just a bit more assertiveness going forward. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's nice that we get players who can do that and actually look competent on the ball. They look competent dribbling, passing. Um, it's not just one a player who can do one thing. It looks like they could actually be a really solid player um, just, you know, across the board and who can adapt to like different systems that we play as well. Yeah, totally. The other thing was I thought um, Romero looked like everything I had hoped he would look like and more with just charging out of defense to make tackles and, you know, being so aggressive and such a strong presence. Um, But watching him, I couldn't help but feel when he plays in the Premier League that we're going to go through this phase of him making these amazing interceptions or doing this amazing run uh, mixed in with, why did he make that run? He's now let them through on goal. Or why did he do that tackle? Um, now they have a penalty. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch how that kind of plays out. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, is I'm preparing myself for some teething issues with Romero, and thinking mm-hmm. like it might take him a bit of a time, to, so a bit of time to realize that like, yeah, there's stuff that he may have gotten away with in Serie A, but he'd probably get you know punished. Pretty badly here if you get, like, even if you're playing against, like, a Liverpool and you get a Mane Salah, anyone like that, um, you know, people who can run in behind and, and you know, break very quickly. Um, if he does charge forward and get caught out, because there were a couple of times in this game where he was, like, pressing their fullback. Yeah. Um, and you're watching it, you're just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, yeah. But, again, that sort of, like, you know, aggressiveness I think is good and, 
it also showed, I think, in his game that he, you know, he had a couple of nice like long range just switches and and that as well. And, you know, he looked a bit more competent on the ball than I expected him to be. Mm. So I mean again, yeah. it's like again, yeah. It's a you know, it's a debut in the conference league, but I think overall, like, you know, promising signs of a of a player who um yeah, as he kind of matures into the league will could be really good. Yeah, I completely agree. And I have to, if I want to be cruel, I also need to be kind. Uh, <laughs> Harry Winks, uh, he always looks a million bucks against uh, lower league opposition. And this game was no exception. He played some really great forward balls. Um, and if this was the Harry Winks that played in the Premier League, I would be such a fan. Mm. Um, but it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I have to, I have to admit that he did have a really good game. I'm glad. I was actually wondering how you were going to treat Winks mm. um, in this one. Whether it was going to just be a blind, like you know, mm. blindly ignoring his contribution. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't really notice him. Didn't seem too much. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, he did. He like he looked good. He he was solid. Um, you know, he's a player who we still have that we haven't managed to offload, and. Yeah, look, if he's starting every week in the Premier League, then that's just, like that's just not going to happen. Like, there's just no way that that's happening, no matter how impressed with him Nuno is. But yeah. if he's a player who can come in for some conference games and and cup games and um, and play like he did, then you know that's a player who could have a, a useful role. And I think that even if that's just to allow you know players like Skip Hoybier, you know anyone else who's sort of nailing down a first team spot to get a bit of rest. That to me is going to be a huge thing because, like, we've just notoriously in the past run plays into the ground. Yes. Yeah. I have a hope that um, because of the system we've seen Nuno play with that midfield three of Delhi, Skip, and Hoybier, they are all absolute tanks, right? And and they they run and they run and they run. They're uh, very physical. Um, they're, they're a great, you know, solid midfield, maybe not the best at progressing the ball forward. Um, with passing, I mean, Delhi obviously is quite good at that on his own. But um, if this is the standard to which Nuno wants players to be, and Harry Winks then needs to sort of like, I don't know, like <laughs> roid himself up to, <laughs> to end up in this midfield, then, you know, that sort of... Uh, might cover sort of his his biggest flaws, which are his defensive movement, positioning, and tackling. So uh, maybe maybe it'll be really good. Yeah, like it's it's interesting. I think always when a new manager comes in to see like which players respond positively to that and which respond not so <laughs> not so well. Um, yeah, and it's like you know you can get players who just seem you know basically rubbish. Um, and then they have a change of management, change of system, change of, you know, um, the environment changes quite significantly when that does happen. And it's like, yeah, maybe they can actually pull something together. Maybe they can be useful. Um, I feel like it's still probably quite a way before, like Harry has to do a lot of work <laughs> to get, yeah. I think into that, into that, um, sort of conversation, but you know, I'm sure Harry, we would have been able to offload winks if, Mm. if he was really keen to go. And the yep. rumours that I heard was that he was not and he wanted to stay and fight for a spot. And this is probably like a last-ditch, you know, the last-ditch attempt for him to kind of get somewhat somewhat established at Spurs. Yeah. 
yep, I completely agree. This is it. This is the end of the road. Um, so we'll have to see, yeah, how it all plays out for him. And like, I just want to really make clear that I am in his corner. Like, I do want him to do really well. It's just that everything he does makes me furious. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like I would be totally happy with him evolving into this, uh, improving or changing the way he plays or whatever and he being useful for the team. Um, I'm all for that. I just uh, have some reservations as to whether it's going to happen. I feel it's like you're like a 1920s dad to him. It's like <laughs> yeah. you say things really yeah. like real, that real harsh old tough love like, no, son, I said you were yeah. rubbish and you were you, yeah. the worst football mm. I've ever seen, but I did it because I love you. Because <laughs> yeah. I want you, you to succeed. Im- <laughs> you won't impress me unless you come back from war. Like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look, I'm glad that there is that, um, you know, the door is still open in your the heart. The door is Harry open. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. Um, so, apart from that in this game, you know, it was just a solid performance. It felt like the first time under Nuno that we really – uh, started to move the foot towards the floor in terms of actually going for the, I'm going to use two metaphors in one <laughs> sentence here, going for the kill. Um, <laughs> and then I, I found it really interesting because in in the uh, conference game, we switched to a 4-2-3-1 in the second half. And then I, I kind of figured that we would do a similar thing against Watford, but we didn't. We sort of played more, we were more reserved um, and obviously we won, which was fantastic, um, but it wasn't as expansive or as aggressive as it was during the week. Yeah, uh, I feel like you know when we're playing the team that like we're playing Parkos, we were like you know we should be beating them. We it's a very bad result if we lose this game. We don't go through, um, and it just felt we were we kind of put you know put aside the first leg, which was a bit like. All right, cool. We're just trying, you know, trying out some rotation, getting some new players in. Um, you know, had a little slip up there, and it just felt like this was a very professional performance to come in and go like, okay, no, let's let's stop playing games, let's stop being silly. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll win this game. Let's win this game comfortably and not really worry too much about it. Um, not get to like the 89th minute. I think what was it last season when we were trying to qualify for Europa, and I think maybe it was Ndombele scored something like really late. Um, and it was just ridiculous way to like scrape through, um, against a team we really should be beating. So yeah, I think it was Mm. a a professional performance, but then yeah, compared to Watford, I mean, like personally watching the Watford game, I was never that worried about us not winning. Mm. Um, but yeah, it definitely wasn't as anywhere near as cohesive. Um, and I've seen people say that like, we played badly, we played horrendously, we played this, that and everything else. And all that. And I don't really think that we played poorly. I think it's just mm. that, you know, every team in the Premier League is it's a challenging game. Um, yep. there's no teams in the Premier League which are just gonna like roll over and, and just let you walk all over them. There's they're all challenging games. So I think that's just gonna happen, especially as we're adapting to this this system, adapting to the new players in the squad. Like, you know, there's gonna be games that don't look as smooth and nice to the eye as as other ones do. But, you know, to me it's just great that we're you know getting some points early in the season and also not conceding with Dyer and Sanchez as our center backs yeah it's totally it's it's totally wild to quote the show that's on channel 10 or was on channel 10 uh, here in Australia um but yeah I um I completely disagree with the like oh we played bad um 
or I saw Michael Cayley's take, who's a uh, like a, a good statistician, uh, saying that Spurs haven't played good yet, but they've still managed to win. And it's interesting for a guy that's so uh, fixated on objective measures to then bring up the subjective concept of of good, which is <laughs> yeah. like you know, like what are you what are you talking about? But uh, to me, Watford seemed like the kind of performance that I would expect from a good Jose Mourinho team without you know dropping completely back. It was like we got the goal and then. It was like, well, you're not going to be able to do anything. The other team's not going to be able to do anything now. Um, you know, if you get uh, Sar out on the right, well, that's just sort of only outlet. But apart from that, we're just going to, you know, it felt like there were more gears and we just chose not to go into them. Like I felt like if we had to, uh, we could have really turned the screw. Um, but on top of that, you know, like Harry Kane, that's his second 90 minutes in a week. And... Um, he has just come back from all the stuff that has gone on uh, preseason, and um, it was it was fine. Like he wasn't his best. Um, at one point, I saw he received the ball in the box, and I, it would have been in the second half. And five Watford players were on him. Five. That's <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Well, this is the way they're playing. Like, let's just chill. It was good. We won. We didn't concede. And like you said. Uh, Dyer and Sanchez, you know, like we're pretty good again. Yeah, definitely. And and I think as well, like you know, Skip has to play. You know, we need to give him some credit in that too. Like um, he did, as you as you pointed out to me very quickly while we're watching the game. Um, I just got a message instant, almost before, <laughs> like before he finished <laughs> making that tackle, which I forget who he sent down, but he just sent them down just outside the box. And it's like my phone goes off and you're like, see, look, he's giving it away. <laughs> yeah. um, but it seems like maybe that's just his shtick. Like Skip just gives away a foul early doors um, and then that's it. And then he plays well. <laughs> then he plays like yeah. plays relatively well after that. But, you know, I, I think like it shows that, you know, it shows that Skip is young. He is making these mistakes, which he does have to like get on top of. Um, if that keeps happening again and again and again, that does become a problem. Um, but I think it does kind of show that, like you know, positionally maybe in the championship he was it was like he was able to go a little bit more aggressively and um, players wouldn't get round him so easily necessarily. Um, mm. Whereas now it's like, yes, a, a couple of players just early on in games they're kind of getting past him, but then I feel like he's maybe adjusting and going like, oh, that's right, hang on, I'm playing Premier League, I need a chill, <laughs> I need a. I need to sit back a little bit. So again, not to not to say you know Skip is playing like Pete McAuley, but um, you know him in front of Dyer and Sanchez, like they haven't conceded. So um, I think you know that's a pretty good effort in three games. Um, you know, again we've we've played we haven't played we've played City who are, who were pretty good, um, and then the other two you know Watford Wolves like they're not great teams. They both kind of lack forwards. Um, yeah. But we're still, you know, undefeated, no goals conceded. Like, I think we need to, like, give some praise for for that. That's a good result. Like, in previous seasons, we would have, like, conceded some free kick and then they would have scored a header and something like that. So it seems like we are kind of, like, holding out a bit more and seeing these games out, which is good. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have already, you know, you've seen the mutterings of which I was so pleased that Nuno said, I challenge or I employ our fans to not worry about the table. It doesn't matter. At this point, that's not important. And I was like, 
thank goodness that you've said that um, because we are, I think, maybe two wins away from is this the year Spurs win the title? You know, like, and then when we don't win it because we won't because we aren't run by uh, oil giants, um, everyone will be like, Spurs, uh, fail again. It's like, no, no, <laughs> you, the media, have done all of the work. Like, they've just played football. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I hope that that kind of continues that um, or, or we just get to fly under the radar because Nuno's not a big name and it's not reported as much. And, you know, nine points is nine points regardless of what, you know, if we're second, third or fourth on the table after this many games, it's still nine points. And we're going to drop nine points eventually that we probably should have won. So, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, look, I, I feel it's like it seems like only Spurs fans at the moment can complain about winning three games on the trot, the first three opening games, which we haven't done. I think we haven't even done ever. Um, mm. And it's like it feels like only our fans could start complaining about that because it's just like, yeah, like we know the the games haven't been perfect, and yeah, we've scored three goals in three games. It's not been open, you know, open scoring either. But at the end of the day, like they're good results, they're good early season results. Everyone's settling down. Players are still trying to get used to Nuno's system. New players are still coming into the team. There's so much happening. There's so much speculation about players leaving, our best player leaving, all this sort of stuff. So. To get these results, I'm like, let's just celebrate something for once and just be happy. Like, we definitely are not going to go be singing from the rooftops, we're winning the league, we're winning the league. Um, mm. However, I do like that time of the season when that, you know, occasionally ends up happening, like you say, and it's just all the conversations are like, oh, look, we're not going to win, but, <laughs> but I mean, we could. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Then concoct these like ridiculous scenarios in which how we managed to sort of win the league. Um, but yeah. I think it's just it's just a good start, and like, can, can we just not enjoy the good start for what it is, and and not have to sort of like, you know, pick it apart, like you know, as, as if it's the. It feels like we're in Arsenal's position, by the way. That some people are talking. Um, it's bananas. I like sit. I think there's there's uh, a way of looking at it. Like, take a screenshot. We're top of the league. It doesn't happen very often. Hold on to it. You don't need to then embarrass. <laughs> yourself by proclaiming we're going to win you can just privately be like this is awesome you know like when how long is this going to last i'm just going to appreciate it versus the the complaining yeah you'd assume that we were last and not scored any goals um and there's been this real shift i feel in the fan base bet- uh, from the tinfoil hat club which i love of of <laughs> us always being like there's a conspiracy against us and this you know like did you see that Frank Lampard was asked if um, he'd paid off the referee and he scratched his nose? That's a universal sign for yes. You know, like, <laughs> like that's great. That's, you know, we're still in our own corner then. We're still fighting for ourselves regardless of how bananas it is versus this weird, which is sort of uh, manifested during Mourinho, negative um, constant <laughs> uh, negative appraisal of the team and their performances. And it's like, uh, I, I have nothing bad to say at all about, I mean, obviously I'm not saying that what we've done so far is perfect, but no one's perfect. And I think what we've done so far has been uh, enjoyable enough compared to, you know, the last 18 months. So, you know, just, 
what is it? Uh, hold on tightly and let go lightly. Is that right? I've never heard that, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. feel like um, it's it's been a case where, you know, members of the families have been so used to complaining now for, you know, probably the best part of a year or so. Whereas like now it's just con- constant complaints about everything. And then when something happens that is positive, it's just like we still need to find something else to complain about. So it's kind of like, oh, Daniel Levy does all himself. Oh, we need a director of football. Great. We get Paratici in. Oh, he's not a good director of football. We, <laughs> yeah. we don't have a manager. We get Nuno in. Oh, he's not the right manager. We're going to play just like Mourinho. Uh, well, yeah. we need to get some players in this window. Great. We signed Serie best center back. Uh, we signed like a really great prospect from the um, from Liga in Brian. We, yeah. signed, we signed Emerson. Uh, from from Barcelona after he's been there for like 20 days. Um, you know, we make some good signings and then it's like, oh, no, these signings aren't, no, these aren't good. These aren't the right signings that we needed. There's no backup striker to Kane. There's no backup to Ericsson. And it's just like, we're, we're not the same team that we were five years ago. Like, we're not playing the same system that had like Ericsson playing in behind. <laughs> like, it, like, we've got to stop calling for like, we have we still haven't replaced and yeah. it's like we're playing, we're a different team. We have a different coach playing a different system. Like we don't need to replace Ericsson now. We don't need to keep harking back to that. Like, oh, we still haven't replaced like Modric. It's like, what? It's like, yeah. oh, we still haven't replaced Gascoigne. It's like, <laughs> it's different now. Times have changed. And we. I, I just think that we just need to like sort of have a little bit more faith in the coaching staff and what they're doing. And also the recruitment team in Paratici and Hitchin and everyone else. But um, not to just blindly support them, but at least trust that like, okay, just because we think we need an Ericsson replacement, obviously that's not the highest priority for them. Cool. Let's go with that and let's see what they do. Yeah, totally. There is the uh, – there's this disconnect between the idea of getting a director of football in that's going to be good um, and signing, you know, to quote Danny Rose, like players we don't have to Google. The idea of having Paratici or Paratici uh, is that we um, – is that right, Dan? I, I know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> did that make your Italian blood sing? Uh, it did. It, 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 I, I really should confirm with, with my mother how, how I'm supposed to say this, but I don't think she listens, so she's not going to hear it to, to be yeah, like yeah. condemning my Italian on it. It would be great if we could get a sound bite of her saying it and then every time we go to say it, we can just hit that and then it's the perfect Yeah, we get a little soundboard going, which is just that's the only thing on it. Just to make <laughs> yeah. sure we get we get that right. That would be excellent. Um but yeah, there's this disconnect between director of football and signings because the whole idea of having one is that we are not signing Joe Hart you know, for <laughs> on a free to fill in it. We're going out and we're getting Galini or we're uh, getting Brian Heal or um, I have blanked on the name of the player we have signed and sent back on loan. Um, that's terrible. Um, it doesn't. Uh, um, Saar. 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 Sa, yeah. We signed, yeah, we signed Saar. Um, we sign Romero, like <laughs> we sign uh, Royale, Emerson Royale. Like these are the signings you make when you have somebody that has a knowledge of the underlying statistics or underlying 
uh, developmental cues to to sort of show that this player is either going to be a great player for the team or an asset that's going to improve and we can sell. Not <laughs> We don't get a director of football so that they can be like, I'm signing Cristiano Ronaldo or, you know, and paying him <laughs> uh, through the nose or like, oh, God, I, God, I just wish we could get Griezmann. Like that's not the idea. And it felt like to me, especially during yesterday's deadline day window, that there was a lot of like, this window has been terrible, blah, blah, blah. But like last year, the window was being reviewed as like, what a win, What the best window. Spurs have had the best window. And look at what, like we didn't, the season wasn't good. Like, like Reg, Reggie was a great signing. Uh, Bale chipped in with, you know, it was romantic and scored a few goals. Um, Hoybier, the king. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it wasn't, it didn't result in us being this, you know, like tour de force on the pitch. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you think about the rant concluded. <laughs> no, 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 no. Valid yeah. rant because I think like look at last season, the only player we probably weren't that familiar with would have been Vinicius from everyone mm-hmm. that we kind of brought in. Um, and I 100% agree with you. It's like why would we have a director of football to just bring in players that we we personally know when, yeah, we follow football quite intently. Um, like we follow it enough to want to do a podcast every week and like spend <laughs> yeah. hours watching games, but we don't know ins and outs of all the other leagues and all the players going on. So I just find it so close-minded to be like, I haven't heard of this player, so therefore they must be crap. We, I want a big name signing mm-hmm. and to me it's just kind of like if i said oh barney you know have you seen any good movies lately and you go oh yeah i saw this one called blah 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 and then i'm like no nah, i haven't heard of it not nah, rubbish <laughs> you'd be like no it's actually yeah. really good give it a chance like it's not bad nah mm. nah what's the rock been in lately yeah you know and it just feels like it's- that's the equivalent of our our fan base at the moment that we just want the rock we just want yeah, dwayne we- johnson in every signing and mm. it's like Sometimes, you know, you get a little indie budget film that like ends up just caught, um, making waves. I'm, I've committed too far into this like <laughs> metaphor. Keep on going. Think, but, Go deeper. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, the indie film, it might win just a mm. regional, uh, you know, <laughs> film award uh, mm-hmm. or it could make its way to the Oscars and win and take yep. the top gong. So mm-hmm. And top gong. <laughs> so, you know, I guess it's like, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say overall is I'm happy with the transfer um, business that we've done. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think, like, based on the initial signs, like, you know, it's too early for us to judge how how good the window is. But we can be like, yeah, cool, we, you know, we're excited about this and let's see what they can do with it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that argument flits around. It's like we haven't replaced Bale. We haven't replaced Vinicius. And it's like, <laughs> great, yeah, look, they did chip in with some goals here. But at the same time... This is a different system, different manager, like different squad now because that is starting to change. The age is coming down. We're getting rid mm. of some of the older players. We cleared out older players, which I thought you wouldn't be able to sell. We mm. got rid of Aurea, who, yeah. no disrespect to Aurea, but like apparently he was rejecting every like club off that came in for him. And so we're like, well, if that's the case, let's pay out your contract and <laughs> goodbye. Um, yeah. which is that's not a move that we normally make. Um, mm. And it, it seems like there is really this, you know, this, um, not, and it's not quite a fixation, but it's like there is this progression towards clearing out the older players and replacing them with younger talent and, uh, you know, beginning that rebuild. Totally. Yeah. And 
it was such a good sign to see with the Aurier thing, you know, if he's getting offers and Spurs are saying, you know, why don't you take this? Why don't you take this? And he's pulling in Danny Rose and being like, and what about Inter Milan? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, and it's not happening that Spurs just turn around and go fine, whatever. Um, that's it. Let's, let's terminate your contract then. Because it reminds me of the first year of Pochettino where he went, I don't want these players. Uh, they are problem problematic for what I'm trying to build. So get rid of them. I don't care. They're going to train with the under 23s, um, but they're not playing in my team. And it is so strongly reminds me of that. Um, I was, I was just going to say, I think that's a good point uh, because like, I think people forget how ruthless Pochettino was with players mm. he didn't want. He is just like, no, nah, I don't want him. Get him out. Yep. Yep, exactly. And what also reminds me of, of Pochettino's time is that, you know, we signed, when we sold Bale and, and signed those seven players, there were a few that were touted as uh, being fantastic. The Soldado, nice guy, but was terrible. Uh, Paulinho, I'm not sure if he's a nice guy, but he was terrible. Uh, Capu was meant to be good, terrible. Um, Lamella was meant to be fantastic, had an injured back for like two years. And then through his own persistence and resilience, managed to force his way into the team. Yeah. And then we had, and then we had Ericsson, uh, who was like twelve million pounds and was like the bottom rung of what we'd signed. No one cared, and he turns into Christian Ericsson that we all know. Like we don't know, and maybe I'll have to eat my words. And every signing we made this window is terrible, but it doesn't doesn't mean that we should be writing them off now. Um, like I'm really, I feel very positive about this season. And there's, I actually wanted to ask you because I can't figure it out myself. I understand the comparisons to Mourinho and, and playing counterattacking football and being defensive, but there is a difference between, and you know, the, the difference being that we're playing a mid block, not a low block, but also it's so much more enjoyable. And I don't know why that is because against Watford we were quite defensive towards the conclusion of the game but I I didn't feel I was like yeah this is the perfect move right now um and is it just because Nuno is seemingly quite a good guy and that's that's it but like I was very charmed by Mourinho but I just can't work out what it is that makes it so much more palatable to watch uh yeah I think it's a good question and I, I agree. Like I don't, I don't watch us and go, oh, Mourinho. Like not even remotely, because um, mm. like those Mourinho games were. Some of them were so painful to watch, um, and in that low block, it was like inviting pressure on Dyer and Sanchez for like the full ninety minutes, and then yeah. it's like Dyer's are making a mistake. And we're like, oh, he's rubbish, and it's like, well, maybe he's just been under pressure for the entire game without yeah. any respite. Um, I kind of feel now, at least when we do get the ball, I think we move as a team a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to looking for Kane to drop deep, giving into Kane and Kane looking for ball over the top or through to Son um, to sort of get him behind. It just feels like when we actually do get the ball, it's we have more of an idea of what we're doing, but there is still a bit of recklessness to it. But at the same time, it's like we are getting the ball. We're trying to progress it quickly. Um, and I think this we're pushing up together as a unit more so then yeah, just looking for like a really, really quick break. So definitely we're still trying to play on the counter attack, but also we're not sitting back as much. So 
I think it's just going to depend. Like different teams are going to come at us with different strategies and some teams are going to come and try and keep possession for the whole game. And, you know, then in that sense, uh, like you play against a city, we're going to play in the counterattack because that's what City yeah. try and do against everyone they, they play against. You play mm-hmm. against some of these other teams, it's going to be a luck of the draw. Like some are going to try and, you know, out-muscle us and um, try and throw us off and catch us off guard by really br- taking the game to us. Others are going to come to us and sit back. Mm. So I think it's like, again, we're, we're not too, we're not far enough into the season for us to really know, I think, consistently how we're going to play and also to see us playing in all these different sort of scenarios just yet. Mm. Um, but I just, I just feel when we get the ball, like we want the ball now. We're not like scared of it. Um, yep. We actually, and we're like, we really want to attack um, and everyone is so excited to like to, to, <laughs> um, to, to head forward. And I think that's why we're getting some real like end-to-end games, even if we're not getting a lot of clear chances on either side. But they've been very entertaining because I think they're just very, they feel very open unless the other team is really sitting back. Uh, because we don't kind of dwell on the ball. We get the ball, we don't muck around, we, we're going for it. Mm. Yep, yep, I completely agree. I feel like, like obviously against uh, Man City, we're going to do what you said and sit back. And then I assume if we sit, you know, like the tactic against United, uh, Ronaldo notwithstanding, <laughs> is if you sit back, they have no idea what to do, which was similar to us under Mourinho, where it's like, oh, no, <laughs> that's our tactic. Um and so I assume that we'll maybe do that just to see, you know, what happens or who knows. But I, to me, the big test is actually when we play West Ham because West Ham have uh, unfortunately really good uh, structure and they uh, are able to progress the ball well when they counterattack and they're clinical. Um, and so then we have this kind of like rather than, Manu, where it's like if we sit back, what are they going to do? Uh, West Ham is like, well, they might do something. <laughs> like it, it'll be really interesting, I think, to see us play them this year. Um, uh, and I, I don't even want to – I'm going to bring them up because it's funny. But like <laughs> Arteta's set up against uh, Man City. I've set up my teams on FIFA better than how he set up that team. It was – unbelievable how bad it was and (laughs) i'm so excited to see you know like them having a crap year probably means they beat us in both derbies or something stupid but what happens from here because to me they are so bad like and set up so badly that i can't see how they're going to finish i don't think they'll get relegated but how are they going to finish in the top half? Like it's so fascinating to watch <laughs> this club just completely disintegrate. Um, trust the process. Yeah. Trust the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust the process. I feel oh. like it's the biggest losing mentality statement ever to just be like, trust the process. <laughs> when you're bottom of the league, not exactly. scoring any goals, conceding nine in three games, and to still be going like, trust the process. Like, I feel like if you were kind of mid-table and if Arsenal were mid-table, they were going like, yeah, trust the process. You'd be like, okay, fair. Like, if you want to trust that process, fine. Mm. Um, like, you had um, 
Darren Bent, I think, was on like Talksport or something, and which is never a good reference for for what you know what what a what a good comment is. But I think he was like he was banging on about because he's an you know an open Arsenal fan, um, and he was going just banging on about like how great a coach Arteta is, and Arteta is better than Pochettino, and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and you just look at it, and you're just like, what is going on at that club? Um, it's an absolute mess, and. You look at our transfer window compared to theirs and the sort of moves that they've done. Like by all accounts, you know, we were in for Tomiyasu and then we go, oh, hang on, uh, Emerson Royale, maybe we can do a little sneaky there and yeah. um, and get him over and take advantage of Barcelona's like really bad financial position. Um, and then we go, okay, cool. We don't need Tomiyasu. We're going to go for Royale. Uh, Arsenal were in for Royale. He said no to them because he was coming to us. <laughs> and then they go in for yeah. Tomiyasu. So yeah. You just look at it, it's like I think they have a much more desperate like transfer um, transfer window than us. The fact that they've kept Shaka there, who's just horrendous. Um, yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, you know, even, uh, you know, Fabrizio Romano was saying that he thought, um, you know, Spurs had the uh, the best window. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if that how true that necessarily is, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna sing that from the rooftop to go, yeah, cool, I'm down with that. Um, mm. It shouldn't be underestimated either that we kept hold of Harry Kane. Yep. Um, and something I just like to bring up was like that quote from Pep last week, which was just like the biggest baby quote I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> which was um, Tottenham did not want to negotiate. They did not want to talk. So we did not talk. We tried to open the door, but the big master of negotiations, Daniel Levy, who knows everything, wouldn't. He is a Tottenham player and I wish him all the best in his last years doing well in London. We tried to open Levy to negotiate, but being and it, it just goes in again. Um, but but mm. the big master of negotiating knows everything. We could not do it. Um, so it's like, what? Like I'm so happy now that we haven't sold Kane, um, especially for how like you know just whiny Pep has been about this situation. Um, but mm. you know this is it's great if we just weren't even in talking to them at all. I love oh, that. It's fantastic. Oh, I love that. I love that they, you know, allegedly made like a seventy million pound offer plus a player and add-ons, and we were like, "Why? What? Like, yeah. no, we're not even going to talk to you about like make the price is one hundred and fifty million. Meet that, or we're not talking." And yeah. then <laughs> they continuously didn't meet that, uh, and we held true to our own and and didn't and didn't budge. I just find it so like baffling and, and interesting that Pep has been so public about trying to sign Harry Kane um, when Man City have, you know, so much money that if they wanted him, they could have bought him, but they didn't. They got Grealish first, which is baffling anyway because why did they need another winger? Um, and, and they, you know, made a sort of half-assed offer and that was it. Like to me, it seems like did Pep want Kane, and no one else. The the owners were like, meh, like we don't want him. Like what? What actually went on there? Uh, I almost feel that like it's a bit of. Uh, I'm not going to say stubbornness, but it's almost like I think they paid a hundred mil for Grealish, and then they didn't want to then go out and spend, you know, that and another half on top of it for for Kane to be, to make a precedent of like, oh, okay, now we're spending big blockbuster figures on signings. 
because mm. in the past, like they've only spent 50, 60 million on players. The thing is, is that they buy 20 of them <laughs> and like yeah. they buy all the good players at that sort of price point. Um, so I almost reckon they were just like, you know what, we're not actually going to go into that because then for all their future transfers, players are pulling out, all right, cool, it's 120 million for this, that, everything else. Um, mm. I think it was probably mostly that because if they really wanted Kane and, and didn't care, they could pay. Like they could call up the cash and sort of that's it. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't, you know, it's like we can't really turn down 160, 70, 80 million um, for, for any player. So, yeah. yeah, it's like, but look, ultimately at the end of the day, like we managed to keep hold of him, which is great. Um, mm. Our defense was what we were talking about a lot last season. We needed a fix. We've gone out. We've got two mm. defenders in. We've got Sessegnon who's come back. Yep. But then now all we want to do is complain about having multiple right backs. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, what, what is going on? Like, and also Tanganga naturally center back. I think mm. he's like, looks good as a defensive right back when we need to play that option, but also yep. great. He can come in and start getting some game time and center back. We've got now Emerson. Who's like, um, gives us a more attacking option for a right back. Uh, we've got, like I said, we've got Sessegnon in who's like more similar to Reggion than Davies is. Mm. And we've got Romero in who won best Serie A defender. So it's like we have addressed a, a situation there, but yet all we want to do is fixate on the fact that we don't have a backup striker to Harry Kane. And we want to complain of like, well, we could have got Danny Ings when Danny Ings was like, no, I'm not going to go there and just be backup. And mm. also I want 150 grand a week. Like we're not going to pay 150 grand a week for a backup striker to Kane. So yeah. I think just this whole situation, it's like, Oh, can we just be happy with something? Like we got mm -hmm. rid of eight players. I, I think it was about eight players. Uh, we got five in, um, you know, two who I think will be starting in the team pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, this has been, this has been good. Like the only player I'm really yeah. surprised that we still haven't gotten rid of hundred percent is um, Cameron Carter Vickers, who's now gone on loan to, loan to Celtic. <laughs> yeah. And he's been on loan yeah. at um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven clubs since we signed him in 2016, um, that's Sheffield United, Ipswich Town, Swansea City, Stoke City, Luton Town, Bournemouth, Celtic now. I think he's played three competitive games for us. It's like two cup games in 2016 and then the first mm -hmm. leg of the Conference League. <laughs> and he's like, he's 23. He seems like he should be about 38. Um, I can't believe he's only 23. That is what? It is bonkers. Like, I don't know if yeah. we think that he is actually going to become like, you know, the next Maldini. And we're just like, he just needs more time. It worked for Kane to go out on some loans. It'll happen. Um, I don't particularly have anything against Carter Vickers because I don't think you can. So I don't know why I'm going on a rant against him, but <laughs> I just found it really interesting. It's like, all right, he's out on loan again <laughs> to, yeah. to Celtic. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, look, I, I think overall, overall good. Sissoko, that was a good, good, um, good move. Yeah, I have seen four different amounts that we sold him for apparently <laughs> we apparently sold him for 10 million and then i read uh two million three million and six million pounds so <laughs> who knows um i feel like if you pay 10 wages. mil for sissoko like that's probably that seems a bit mm. of a stretch i, I reckon yep. if even if we sell him for two or three mil he's getting on a bit um mm -hmm. i still think he had did have a couple of really solid seasons for us um, yeah. I'm not in the camp who's like, oh, Sissoko is the worst player we've ever had. Like I find those mm -hmm. arguments absolutely atrociously ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but again, it was a good sell to get at the end mm -hmm. of the window 
find a team that, you know, he can go off to and, um, again, getting players off the wage bill, which is something yep. we've spoken a lot about during the week of like mm. how much of an impact that actually has and how big some of these wages are. I had no idea until you messaged me and and told me about the the actual cost of having some of these players, you know, still on the wage bill when we're not playing them. It is astronomical. Uh, it's ridiculous. Like to actually think that we have um, Ndombele is like on 10, mil, 10 million pounds a season, um, same as Kane at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like nuts. Like, mm. and you just see all right, these players do take up a lot of wages. Um, I forget what Oreo and Sissoko are on, but I think they were round about the sort of like three, four, five, six mil mark. And that's a lot on wages yep. to players that you don't want to um, you don't want to keep anymore and you don't need. Exactly. It. Toby was on, I think, four or five, and he's definitely slowed down and it was time to go. Um, yep. So it's, yeah, like wages, that, that accounts for a lot. Yeah, totally. I do want to say that I am... As much as I'm pleased that we sold to Soko, I am very uh, sad that he's gone um, because I think, you know, he became such a cult figure, which was sort of interestingly at the same time where he actually, you know, aside from just loving someone because they're sort of not quite perfect and, you know, what makes up a cult figure, he actually <laughs> was kind of like really improving at, like he won player of the season a couple of years ago and he deserved to win that. And as much as he's got his faults, he, you know, seemingly from interviews and and stuff around the club is quite a kind, intelligent um, and good guy. And I, you know, was a, sort of really like pleased to have him as part of the club. But having said that, really pleased he's gone <laughs> because it's, you know, it's a football club. So, you know, you, you can't just hang on to people for uh, – the sake of nostalgia or cult status or whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I agree. And I think it may be part of that nostalgia too. And same with like Lamella going. Um, Lamella probably had it a lot more than Sissoko because Sissoko wasn't really with Pete Potch, but it's almost like mm. players that were in that team sort of when they leave, it's like another remnant of that Pete Potch like era team kind of going. And that was definitely yeah. the case with Lamella, I think, because um, in Potch's first or second season, like Lamella was such a key player for him with so many tactical fouls, like to break up the other team. Yeah. Um, yep. And so it kind of felt like maybe, you know, and the same with Toby leaving, the same with Jan leaving, like the more of those players that do start leaving, um, there is that sentimental thing for it. And yeah, I think it's nice to be able to, you know, just not enjoy the player leaving, but like think fondly of them, even if they're not going to get in the team now. We don't have to be like, they're not good enough anymore, so they're crap, they're rubbish, they're, they suck mm. so much to get them out of here. Oh, the happiest day that I've ever had is when they left the club. It's like, there's something so fickle about it. Like we can still go, Hey, really liked in Sissoko from that. I think it was like 17, 18 season, something around then. Um, we'd be like, yeah, really liked him from that. Great. You know, I wish him all the best at Watford. <laughs> and hope he, yeah. hope he gets some more game time there and like, you know, can, um, you know, can continue his career uh, that way. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I can't stand Watford. And I will watch their games now if Soko's playing, just to be like, "What's he going to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's going to happen?" Um, so, well, uh, yeah. Do you think it's time for the Abit Spursy Medal? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think that wraps up all the transfer stuff. Because, like we're saying, we're going to need more time to 
to um, you know to really see how these players sort of how it all pans out. But it'd be good to um, you know it's an exciting time I think for that. It sounds like really the only player that we were getting a bit excited for that we missed out on was Adama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have loved to see that come through, but uh, again, apparently Wolves on the last day of the window, they're like, ah, actually, we want fifty mil for him, not thirty. Um, yeah. But maybe uh, look, if we went in from next year, I'd still be very excited about that um, mm-hmm. that signing. But apart from that, I think just to summarize the transfer window, like, was it ten out of ten? No. But was it pretty good? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. And I think we bought players that are going to play for Nuno. They're going to play in this system, and I think that's the most important thing rather than, you know, complaining that we haven't signed Mbappe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love the story actually that when Messi was leaving Barcelona, <laughs> we Paratici was like, We are good come to us. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just fantastic. We'll pay you half as much as PSG, but we have the best stadium and training ground. I feel like, like <laughs> I would love for Messi to have responded with lol. Oh, like that's the absolutely. only response he could give um, mm. for that. But also, I, screw Messi. Who cares about him? Like, oh, PSG yeah. sucks so much. They're yeah, so bad. Exactly. Like for the game and everything, it's it's horrible. Like with Ronaldo coming back to Man U, I don't care. Mm. It's like, mm. um, like let's let's get over that. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm so just over these big sort of superstar sort of signings getting all the attention and then because it makes us feel like we need that. Like, oh, we didn't sign yeah. a Grealish, we didn't sign a Ronaldo, we didn't sign a Sancho, any of these. We didn't sign a Lukaku, all that sort of stuff. And it's mm. like we don't, like you don't need to do it. It's bad for the game for players to be worth that much and be, in you know, um, yeah, sell that much. But look, I, I feel like I could rant about that for a very long time. So yeah, a bit Spursy metal. <laughs> we yeah, can- well, I just want to say actually be, I want to rant so badly, but I'm going to keep it very short that – it's so fascinating to me when people like, you know, they're like, I, I like Ronaldo. I like Messi. Well, Messi's better. You know, it's like, what, what? Like they're both really good. Like, let's just leave it at that. And they both also have very questionable personal lives. So like, <laughs> let's not worship them like gods. Um, it'd be, I'm interested to see how it goes for, uh, Ronaldo at Man U because I feel like it might be a ticking time bomb because I do not think that um, Ole is going to be able to uh, control <laughs> Ronaldo um, and that's going to be so interesting to watch and then also Cavani who's a you know big deal is now like how far down the picking order is he um, anyway it's going to be super fascinating the idea of having the two best players in the world is so boring Teams are so much more exciting. Um, Bitspursy medal. Bitspursy medal, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so Bitspursy medal. I feel like for the Conference League, uh, we'll wait until we get into the group stages. Um, yeah, sounds good. I think that's good. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, this this game kind of feels like we didn't do the first game, we can't do this game. Like we got to play yeah. by the same two-leg rule that everyone else does. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for that. So, uh, yeah, against Watford. Yes. Um, yeah. Would you like to go? Yeah, sure. I will definitely go. Um, I find it hard. I felt like the team performance was good. And so I find it difficult to kind of separate out uh, individual players. But I'm going to give three to Reggie um, because I feel like it wasn't uh, celebrated how well he actually did in his role of needing to add to the attack and then cover Saar. 
who is their only good attack, their best player and their only good attacking outlet. So three to him. Uh, well done. Let's not, you know, when we st- when he makes a bit defensive mistake and we start complaining about how he's good going forward and not good defensively, let's just remember this game um, because he was great. Um, for two, oh, oh I'm going to give it to Son <laughs> because of that free kick. Like he, he was good otherwise, but he wasn't particularly uh, impressive. Um, for one, you know, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to Dyer because I felt like a lot of their crosses um, that I felt worried about, he was just there to meet them. Um, and this might be the only chance he gets to get a point. So, <laughs> so I'm giving it to him there. Um, and then bonus point uh, or half point rather, I'm going to give to Nuno because I just continuously become more and more impressed with him and the way he conducts himself. Um, and I was really impressed with uh, his performance in the press conference when the journalists were sort of hounding him to find out whether um, our South American players were going to back to play international football. And he really tried his best to just give non-answers in a way of protecting those players so they're not held out, you know, hung out to dry. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was great. Yeah. And and just on that note, like, I don't know why we're still doing, like, international football at this stage. Um, oh. It seems ridiculous. And especially if players have to go away and then quarantine. And then it's like, oh, no, but I think that um, – I think Lacelso and Romero can quarantine somewhere else in like France, or they can they can quarantine somewhere else, which means it's a shorter quarantine. Like, what's going on? Like, I just don't think we oh. need these games. We don't need these players traveling. Um, and I feel it's like you need more like FIFA to step in and go like, hey, maybe we don't need to play these games right now. Let's just all like take five. Um, I yeah. know there's World Cup and stuff coming up, but whatever. But like, you know, some things are more important. Um, Anyway, I just want to say how stupid I think this all is to still have like, you know, international travel at the moment and players putting themselves in situations where they have to go quarantine. Like it's it's not mm. it's not needed right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense that the fact that they're playing international games is insane. Um, but I don't blame the players for wanting to play for their country. Like and I'm sure totally, yeah, you don't totally. either. Like I totally understand why you would be like, no, we're gonna go play. Um but the risk is, you know, greater than them having to quarantine is like, what if they do actually get the coronavirus and, you know, it affects, you know, they get a form that is, you know, like long COVID where it impacts them, you know, long term. Like that is a, a definite risk. Um, yeah. Totally. And look, I find, you know, it's kind of like a child, like if you leave them in the lounge room and you put a little Mars bar on the table and you go, hey, don't, you know, don't have the Mars bar. And then you leave the room and they have the Mars bar. You can't get pissed off with them having the Mars bar. Yeah. So exactly. like I'm not I'm not annoyed at the players specifically for going, I want to go do that. I just think you just just don't even have the Mars bar there in the first place. Yeah, totally. You've kind of described the uh marshmallow test. Uh <laughs> I, I was thinking I was gonna say marshmallow, but I wanted to differentiate yeah. it from the marshmallow yeah, nice. test. Yeah. But it's exactly yeah. the same thing. But they could maybe do that. They could be like Romero Lacelso. You could go on international duty, but 
If you don't go, we'll give you double international duty later on. (laughs) And then they'd be like, what is that even? I said, what? What? Do you know? Well, we're going to leave the room now. So we don't even understand that. Well, we're just going to leave. See what you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, To which they call us idiots and they just take international duty. And they go on a they go on a private jet and they put up a photo of like, hey, we're off to international duty. <laughs> like yeah. that was kind yeah. of like a bit of a screw you to everyone of like, we're going to do this. Um, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I like that. Like footballers have such limited agency. Like even in the, like imagine if you worked at a company and another company was like. You, you can come work with us. And you're like, that's much better for me. I'd rather work there. And then your current company went, no, <laughs> yeah. no, they're not going. Like, no, but I hate it here. No, no, too bad. <laughs> like that is in terms of like rights <laughs> for workers, horrendous, regardless of how much money you make. Oh yeah, totally. No, definitely. Yeah. They are treated like commodity um, commodities and yeah. Like, look, it's, I think it's more just annoying that like, a player like Lacelso and a player like Romero, like Romero is someone who's new. Lacelso who's someone who seems to always be co- coming back from injury. And it's like, we would really do well for them to be, I think, be at the club now, be getting like match fit, working on all that and kind of, you know, getting to a spot where they can start playing like, you know, some serious minutes for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Actually, one thing I just quickly want to touch on, and I know that we're middle of a bit spursy middle, but before I forget, uh, Ndombele was, I think, the really weird one that, we um we all thought was probably he was possibly going to try and be sold, but I think we knew that no one would pay the money for him, mm-hmm. and no one would really want to be taking on his wages either. Um, mm-hmm. So just very quickly, I think like I I really hope that now this means that you know Nuno and Dombele have a um, sometimes we'd say one person's first name and the other person's last name. <laughs> yeah, Nuno and uh, Nuno and uh, Tangi will sit down, yeah. have a conversation, <laughs> and you know, we'll see how we can get something out of Ndombele this season because if we can get him, um, you know, back in the team, like, wowee. Like, he's, you know, such yeah. a player. So um, mm. I just think the last thing from the, the transfer um, transfer window stuff would be that, yeah, I really hope that this means that, you know, we get a chance of getting something out of Ndombele this season. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, are you ready for your votes? Uh, I'm ready for my votes. Yep, I'm ready for my votes. Um, okay. Cool. So there's been so much that's happened in the last like 24 hours with the transfer window that <laughs> I've kind of forgotten most of the game. So um, <laughs> three votes I'm going to give to um, Hoybier. Great. Um, so I think for him, basically, I watched a little highlights uh, compilation of him yesterday um, and it reminded me of like, yeah, he, he did put in a lot um, during the game and he actually had some really lovely passes as well. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just think he's, he might not always be getting player of the game like everywhere else or king of the match or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but I just feel like he's a real bit of glue in the middle of the team that even if he's not playing incredibly, he's so vital for us to be. He's so vital in there and he gives us that real leadership um, amongst the other midfielders. Like, because Delhi, I know Delhi seems so focused at the moment, which I love, mm. but you know, he's, He's not like a, a a leader in the team. Uh, you've got Skip playing next to next to him, and Skip's so young that he will need someone to like you know, um, to sort of not look after him, but to really sort of you know get him going and and do that. And I just think Hoybier is our leader, and I, I think that 
overall, he had a pretty solid game. And um, yeah, just a bit of a hope you appreciation vote for three points there. I'm so pleased, Jeep. I've been trying to hold back so that I don't just give him three, two, one. Um, <laughs> so I'm really glad you've given him <laughs> the three. I just wanted to add, I think it was during the Watford game, I messaged you and said, Nuno's giving instructions and guess who's receiving them at Hoybier, yep. who's then going out and, and communicating. Because he, look, Larice is the captain, but Hoybier is the leader of the team, as you said. And um, he is, alongside, I think, how good he's been as a player, the the extra sort of asset that he adds with his communication and leadership skills is phenomenal. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And you can see like he's always so keen to be there. He gives it everything. Um he gives absolutely everything he has. Um we keep calling him our Viking. I, I find that a bit weird, to be honest. Um yeah. something just doesn't feel right about that. Just like any time a photo goes up, uh, like Spurs social media admin is always just like our Viking. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. well, I don't know, I don't know, like I don't know enough history about the Vikings and like whether that's something that like in Denmark, they're like, yeah, really proud. Yeah. we call, maybe it is maybe on the streets. They're like, yeah, we call everyone who's cool a Viking and like doing that. Yeah. Um, or whether it's like, no, we don't call people Vikings here because they, you know, they, they did some bad things. <laughs> so, mm, um, mm. But anyway, to, but, to Hoibier. Yeah. It's, all, it's also so interesting that the English who were so responsible for demonizing the Vikings and inventing these horned helmets. So they look like the devil are now <laughs> using it to refer to one of our players yeah. who's playing in England. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Anyway, it's like, it's just a, Oh, he's battling really hard. He's Danny. Oh, he must be Viking. <laughs> like, I don't know if the math checks out on that. Uh, two points, two points. I'm going to give to Sanchez. Great. Um, I think, Sanchez to me seems like a player who was much maligned last season. Like we've had so many fans saying how, you know, that's one of the worst transfers we've ever had by spending like 40 million pounds on him or whatever it was. Um, And just, he's just turned around this season and he's just playing really, Mm -hmm. really well. And I think he's been a real commanding presence in there. Like you said earlier, like Dyer has been really great, especially with aerial challenges and coming out and doing that. But I really think that Sanchez has just been a bit of a rock for us defensively and again not conceding uh and not really giving away too many shots either so yeah um sanchez with the two points uh sonaldo has to get one point um for the goal um Mm -hmm. keeper really should have done much better with that but i mean like by the end of the day sonny love him so much um bless his Mm. sweet soul um and one point for son uh it's like someone will have to do a lot to not get in my votes <laughs> each, yeah. each week. Uh, I'm going to give encouragement uh, half a point to Nuno as well because um, mm-hmm. I think that he's, you know, he's gotten the team looking like they care about each other. Um, he's gotten mm-hmm. them, you know, again, having just a solid start to the season. We're not saying it's incredible, but it's just a really solid start. So I think, you know, Nuno, um, half a point there. Um the other half a point I'm going to give out for the encouragement award is again to um, Paratici and Hitchin because uh, yep. I saw there was another clip that went up of them on the sidelines just getting up and absolutely nutting it, and I love mm-hmm. that so much. And also because I think they had a good window, so does just give a little half a point um, in there for that. And uh, no negative points. Yeah, yeah, I had none either. I do uh, want to add, as we're nearing the end here, that 
um, aside from the Spursy medal, uh, my good friend Matt, who has never been interested in uh, the Premier League before, has just recently watched the uh, the Spurs documentary and he sent through um, – I, I asked him about every player that features that documentary and he sent through three-word summaries of what he thinks of each of them, having not watched a Spurs <laughs> game. And um, uh, I forgot I was going to read them out, but I will read them out next week because they are fantastic. Okay, great. So <laughs> I, I love this so much that it's like the, a review of players from All or Nothing, a documentary like a year and a half ago from a person yeah. who has not ever watched a Spurs game. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be yep, very yep, intrigued yep. to see what what these um yeah. what these names are. So um yeah, all right. So next week, uh, <laughs> next week, because we're international break next week. So yeah, um, that'll be good. We're going to do a deep dive on what Matt thinks about um Spurs <laughs> players from All or Nothing. Some uh, pods do deep dives about tactics or about. Uh, the foundations of a club or a player from a country. We prefer to reference uh, the thoughts of a man who's never watched a Spurs game. Yeah, I feel like our listeners will be really happy with that. They're just like, well, mm. let's see what the Spurs will do for the the uh, international break. Oh, they'll probably do some like cool Spurs related thing and go deep mm. on that. And it's like, no, they've spoken to someone who has never watched a game and just <laughs> ask them not even what they think about a game like or anything. Yep. It's just about a documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great. Um, it's great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yep. Um, obviously, yeah. So international break. Uh, we'll be back next week to really dive deep on Spurs. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Palace after that, which is interesting because we've had Watford, who I always feel like is a danger game, and then Palace, who we always seem to like just mess it up somehow. So that's going to be interesting as well. Yeah, and to um, my knowledge as well, they've had a pretty decent window in terms of who they bought in. They've also brought mm-hmm. in Edward, who's a seems like a great prospect too. So, I mean, like to me, they're a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment. Um, and yeah, like it's we don't have to just worry about Benteke up front just getting these huge balls lobbed to him, and then he scores one header in seven years, which is against us. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, I think it's another game to look forward to, and you know, this might sound weird to say, but it's kind of nice that we go into games and we don't know if we're going to win because I kind of feel like that would take out all the excitement of watching games. Yeah, And you might yeah. say that, oh, that's just like a defensive thing about that. But I'm like, no, 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 honestly, like if you were watching every single game and you're like, if we lose this game, it's an absolute travesty. Mm. Like that's not a way to enjoy the sport. That's not a, a way to enjoy, you know, what's happening. Like if we watch a TV show, we want to see the main character have to deal with some challenges. Exactly. And we know we're not watching it going, oh, they're just going to win everything all the time. We're like, oh, something's going to go down. So... Mm-hmm. I think it's like, yeah, I, I'm i just really excited about the Premier League this season. Um, I mm-hmm. think off the first few games, we've shown that, yeah, we've, 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 we've got some good stuff happening, but we're not like, you know, trailblazers in the league. And it's just so good to have fans back. And that's going to make such a big impact um, mm. on all these games moving forward. And yeah, I just think generally it's, I don't know, it's a really exciting time to have football back. And especially now in Melbourne, like we're in lockdown again and that's just been extended mm. for possibly quite another um, quite another few weeks. Uh, yeah. So I think it's just like, you know, mentally it's nice to have a, a real positive scenario around Spurs and a positive relationship with the team through this time when, you know, mental health things can be challenging and, uh, you know, you can feel pretty shitty about a lot of other things. So 
Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that, I just wanted to say, I know, you know, we have a lot of listeners in Melbourne and Sydney. And um, if you are in lockdown and you're bored because it's the international break, shoot us a message on um, Twitter uh, or Instagram or email us. Uh, if you want to play us on uh, on FIFA co-op, two on two or one on one, we are so ready to go. Um and it would be exciting during the um, the break. So shoot us a message if if that's something you want to do. Yeah, I, it's it's so great. It's like it's like yeah, it's nice to be positive, but then bring it on with some competition. We will destroy you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's all come together as a community, but we will win. But we will win. So um, yeah, we probably won't win, but who no. knows? We'll go into the game not knowing if we're going to win, and that's what we like. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but also remember that me and Dan are big nerds and we will uh, really, really dig deep on uh, our FIFA tactics. So we'll win. We will need about an hour before the game starts uh, just perfecting yep. that and probably us just squabbling internally over like if we bump Hoybier up one centimetre on the screen to, yep. to get the most out of him. <laughs> is he going to um, cut off passing lanes um, or um, is he going to be uh, playing that central midfield role? What's going to happen? Uh, well, we don't know. We'll have that discussion when it comes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you very much for listening and um, come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.